Hi, and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. One of the men in our church, I was going to say young men, but he's, he's 30 now, so he's not that young anymore. He's uh, getting old. Getting, uh, his name's Nathan Searle, and... Uh, we, 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 we prayed for this guy pretty seriously at the start of the year because um, he, had a, he had a problem with his heart and he died at home and had, was and for some... He'll tell you the story in a minute. And, uh, and it's been a pretty amazing journey that he walked through and, and we know bits and pieces of it. But I've asked him this morning to come and to share with us some of his story and, some, and the revelation that he, that he received along the way because... You know, we see we see NATO up the back there. You know, busting out the moves on his bass guitar and uh, keeping the rhythm, you know, keeping the rhythm section solid for you guys each week. But there's there's a depth in this man, and uh, those of you who know him personally know the depth in this man. And uh, I know that anyone who's going to walk through a situation like he walked through this year is going to receive some revelation. Uh, and, I, and I think it's important this morning as a church that we listen to this mighty man of God share with us. Are you ready to hear from him? Let's welcome him as he comes. Come on, Nathan. Thanks, Josh. Um, I'm not 30 yet. I'm, I'm 30 next week. So, And, um, you know, the back of my Bible fell out last week was my favourite part, the concordance. Um, yeah, so uh, part of the vision is uh, gift of Bible, just, uh, just saying. Um, yeah, um, I, now I did, I, but what happened was I died and part of that caused me to lose memory, so I can't actually tell you what happened because I can't remember from about Christmas through to about 5th, 6th of January around there. So I'm going to tell you guys how I found out, and that was through basically SMS messages from my wife. Um, now, I probably read these messages about eight times before it actually sank in. So, um, But I'm going to read it for you once just to um, bring you up to speed and what happened. So this is the first one I got. Now, this was on the 31st of the 12th last year. This was from my wife. Yesterday was one of the worst days of my life. Yesterday you died. My heart fell apart and I was helpless. With the help of ambulance officers, I started CPR until they arrived. After about six zaps with the defib, your heart was back and I took my first breath. Once you were stable, four officers took you in an ambulance to Noosa Hospital. They did a basic test and got you a bit more stable, and then transported you to Nambour. Every man and his dog came to visit you, and half the world is praying for us all. The staff have been very supportive and very kind, except one nurse who was a Nazi about phones and number of visitors and stuff. (laughs) Anyway, after she left, we just hung out and talked to you and kissed you. Now I'm heading to bed so I can see you as early as I can tomorrow. I love you so very much, and you're not allowed to do that ever again. Now this was from, you know, my wife, and you know that day, um, I came in from what I 
being told I came and I was helping Anita out with the, the children over in the, the kids' hall with her holiday program and then I was helping Jamie out over here on, on the recording and then I came back later that night um, and helped out Jamie and then I head home about, I'm going to say about nine-ish, I don't know. But by the time I came home, Anita was probably in bed and I would have kissed her and she would have gone, like that. And um, she doesn't, <laughs> she's a fairly heavy sleeper, she doesn't really wake up. And she told me that what happened was I made, later on that night, I made a bit of a sound and um, put my head into the pillow and, and did a few other strange things, and which alerted her and she sort of woke up and, you know, that's when she called the ambulance and whatnot and that sort of thing. Um, so, first of all, it's a miracle that she even woke up because she is a fairly heavy sleeper. But, um, you know, I've been told that um, the brain can only last so long without uh, blood before it starts to deteriorate um, and it's a matter of minutes before basically it's lights out. Now, between that time is when... Um, I would have been rescued, started CPR from, from Anita. And that's sort of why the loss of memory. But, um, you know, in Isaiah 43, verse 4, you can have a look at it in your Bible if you like. Give us a shout when you got it. Yeah, Isaiah 43, verse 4. Okay, some people have got it. I'll, I'll go now. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honoured, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Now, that scripture not only tells me that I am precious in his sight and I have been honoured, but it says... I will give men for you and people for your life. Now that, that scripture there, you know, I've read it before and it, and it said, you know, things, um, you know, I was precious and that sort of thing. You think, oh, yeah, that's great. But let's try this one. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, it says, I will give men for you and people for your life. Now, that there means that you know, God has given me my beautiful wife and he also not only gave me that but he gave me those ambulance officers that came and they came and rescued me and I was, I was told that, um, you know, ambulance officers have a certain amount of time where they can work on you and a certain amount of defibs that they give you before it's almost like working on a, on a, on a dead body. There's no point in continuing. But they continued and I believe that whether they know it or not, I believe God was speaking to them saying, you know, keep going, keep going. And they did. And I'm here now because of it. And I'm here because, yeah, God gave those people for my life. So let me continue on with the story. Okay, so this was on Friday the 2nd of January. So the second day you came along in leaps and bounds. They were going to... Stop the sedation in the afternoon, but that didn't stop you, and by 10.30 you were awake. Drowsy, but awake. Shortly they took your breathing tube out, and it was all you on your own. So you had a lot of visitors, and the nurse said you had to rest the next day and get some sleep, 
You didn't have very much. And you saw Hannah and Charlotte and they miss you terribly. You were very cheeky and when, I, when you first awoke, I asked if you remembered me. You said no. Again, my heart was about to break for the second time. But then I saw you giggling. I was so mad but I was happy you were kidding. Your speech was slurred and slow, but I think it was just your reaction time. You were an absolute champion. I'm so proud of you and I love you. To the ends of infinity. Day three is even better. I love you. Now, as I, um, as a coping mechanism, I think I use humour a bit. So if I'm ever in a situation which I don't know what to do or don't know what to say, I generally throw something funny in there, you sort of get a bit of a giggle, people. <laughs> yeah. But um, so that's probably what happened. I was, you know, seeing it. I don't know what's going on. You know, people everywhere, tubes coming out, little beeps going on. So I would have just thought, oh, I'll try something humorous, and it's not not very funny, but uh, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> All right. So let me continue. Oh, and by the way, those messages were from my wife. They're quite long. And I got my phone back at this stage, and so I responded. And this was my response. I'm awake now. Hope to see you soon. Very low battery. <laughs> Just point. Yeah. Anyway, the next one says, Hey, sexy man, the third day was a little bit interesting. You were still telling funny stories and being your usual cheeky self. They moved you to the coronary care unit with a nurse of your very own. You had a physio come and do some exercises with you. She came back an hour later and asked what you remembered, and you did well. She did that one more time, and you got half right. They moved you about 5 p.m. and settled you into your own room in the CCU. Your dad visited that night, and I went home at 9 a.m. You had some dreams, which I will tell you about in the next day's text. Um, I just want to take a moment to honour my dad as well. He's here now. Um, you know, his it goes down to Nambour, Nambour Church down there, and they're all praying for me as well. So um, it's great to see that everybody was, you know, praying for me. Um, and it's, I mean, I'm a walking miracle, so it's it's clear to see. But yeah, God's not dead, as the movie said. So. All right, day four. Today was very quiet and you woke up in the CCU and you remembered that you were in hospital. You thought that you came in to visit your dad and while you were there, they tested us all and you had what your dad had, so they kept you in. It was very funny. They told us that you would be going to get a defibrillator in the next few days, but you will be in for the rest of the week. You didn't remember anything from the previous day and you asked the same questions again and again. Today you you're doing well. I'm so proud of you and I love you. I'll be there in the morning. Now, there's a few other stories that I was telling people what happened. I, I don't know, I just must have made them up. Um, one of the stories was I was helping a friend do some gardening work and I was moving some dirt in a wheelbarrow and it hit me in the chin, which, I don't know, somehow I thought that I needed to go to hospital for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. There's a there's a few other texts here that they're just sort of telling me usual stuff, um, but this one next here, um, I'll go through it a bit. Um, basically says 
Good morning. You're in Nambour Hospital and it's the 5th of January. You had a cardiomyopathy, which means your heart didn't work properly and you were rested. I'll explain the, the rest to you when I get there. I love you so much. I love, I'll see you soon. Now, I'm not a medical profession, so I'm not 100% sure of all the words they used and memory's still foggy, so they used a lot of big medical words, um, you know, like um, fibrillation and what's that one, cardiomyopathy. Now, I can probably research it, but it probably still won't mean much to us all. So um, basically, I'm telling everyone that it was a heart attack. So, yeah, and I'm still here. All right, next one. This was from the 6th of January. So today you told me that you prayed last night and asked God for a new heart, and he gave you one. Yes, and amen to that. We went to sleep together and we watched a movie, but not much other than that. It was a very boring day, but good to rest. You had visitors, which was good. I'm looking forward to the reports of a new heart. Now, my memory sort of starting to kick in by this stage. I can remember, I remember lying there and praying. I can't remember the exact words, but I can remember lying there in bed just saying, God, give me a new heart, you know. And, I mean, it, it probably wasn't that quick and that simple. But in Matthew, um, Matthew 7, verse... Well, I'm going to start from 7, if you want to follow on. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And him who knocks it will be opened. And that was basically why I said the prayer. It says it right there in, in red, red writing. Ask and it will be given to you. No, so that's, that's basically all I did. I just asked. I said, God, give me a new heart. And, yeah, I believe he did. Um, and that's all it takes. You know, one of um, Anita's friends, her, her friend's dad, you know, is following Anita on Facebook. And he says, all right, from now on, he's a bit older. And he said, I'm going to start asking God for new body parts. And um, <laughs> it was funny. I said, well, why not? Give it a go. Because, you know, proof right here, it happened. Anyway, I'll continue. Um, Today was an okay day. You did a bit of waiting as you were off to get the EP studies done. You weren't allowed any food from midnight the night before. You were very hungry. You went off for your test, which took almost five hours. The doctor came in and mentioned that he couldn't find anything wrong. He is a little frustrated as he didn't know what to give you. After God told you that you have a new heart, I have been waiting for the doctor to say, nothing is wrong and it's like you have a new heart. Another test of love tomorrow. I love you, my darling. Now, this doctor that was doing the tests, he wasn't just, you know, like your local GB who, um, you know, knows how to fix your ingrown toenail and, you know, that sort of thing. They do more than that, but I'm saying this, the doctor that was looking after me, he was a heart specialist. He spent his whole career looking at people's hearts. And he's come and he says, I don't, I can't see anything wrong. I can't see, there's, yeah, 
That's right. He said there's no, no tubes are clogged, no, no muscles are weak, there's nothing wrong. And still to this day, he says, I don't know what happened. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. But I believe, once again, as it says in um, Isaiah, that God has given men for you, and I believe this doctor is, is, is given to me. And although he said there's nothing that I can find, he says, I still want to do the best for you. I still want to make sure that there is nothing wrong. So he gave me a, a defibrillator, and I, I believe that even though there was nothing wrong, that's, that's this doctor's way of making sure that there is still never, ever going to be anything wrong. And, you know, although it's, it's, a, it's a medical procedure, I'm still grateful for it because, yeah. That's right. All right. Up to, this was the 9th of January, this one. So yesterday you did a stress test. It took a little while. You had to run on a treadmill for a bit so they could evaluate your heart rate. When you came back, all I wanted to do is hug you and kiss you, but you were sore and tired. I have missed being able to touch you all over. (laughs) That's abbreviated a bit. This has been a big issue for me to deal with. Now... (laughs) Anita loves to to touch. Her love language is touch, so it just she just loves cuddling and and holding hands and stuff. So yeah, that's what she meant. <laughs> Today was your big day. Today you had the defibrillator put in, and it took almost four hours before I saw you. I have no updates or anything. It was a long wait. I have hated leaving you while at night and when you have tests. It's been really hard. The doctor says you may be a bit down, so if there's anything I can do for you to cheer you up, just let me know. I love you. Now, shortly after that, I came out. And when I came out of hospital, the first thing I wanted to do was get some KFC. So that's what we did, yeah. Got a heart condition, have some KFC. It's great. (laughs) I loved it. You know, but after all this, these things happened to me, and I was, I, I died, and um, you know, I came back, and and you know, basically miracles happened. As sometimes when you're talking to people, they they come up and they say, "Oh, you know, how are you feeling?" And, yeah, yeah, good, you know, sort of thing. And, um, not so much now, but before, a lot of people sort of came to me. A lot of Christians would come, and they'd say, "Oh." did you go to heaven or did you have a vision of God or did you see God and that sort of thing. Um, you know, not, the non-Christians don't really think of it that way. They just say, oh, how are you doing? And you go, good. And they go, oh, you're great, you know. But to me, if, if someone comes and says, did you see God or did you have an impartation, I sort of personally felt like they were asking for confirmation you know, they're asking, can you confirm that my faith is good enough, that I'm in the right faith? Uh, and it was sort of a little bit hard for me because I can't... First of all, I have no memory of that period. So if I did, how do I tell people that, yes, I did, you know, I was, I'd 
I died, yeah, I went to heaven for 10 minutes or whatever, but I don't have that memory. I've got memories of sort of Christmas day, roughly, and then waking up in hospital doing odd things. So there was no no memory through the middle of it, so I can't answer any of those questions. But um, it's sort of a bit saddening sometimes that people need that that connection, that reassurance. But for me, you know, as it says in Isaiah, I will give men for you and people for your life. So, you know, I didn't go and see, a, you know, God sitting on a throne in heaven, angels and that sort of thing, but, you know, I saw God's works. I saw, every day I saw my wife come in and that was that was me seeing God. I see God when... You know, when I look at you guys, every time I see an ambulance come by, I say, there's God right there. There's God saving a life. Whether, whether the people know it or not, God's in there saying to them, you know, yeah, quick, do that, go a bit longer, look at that person. So, yeah, it's, it's easy for me now. If, if you say, did you see God? Yeah, I saw him every day. I, saw him, I can see him right now in you guys. You guys are basically the reason why I'm still here. Your prayers kept me alive. God kept me alive. There's not, yeah, you know, it's, there's no natural reason for me to have, to be alive now. But yeah, if you want proof, I mean, this is it's proof right here. If you want proof, if God's alive, yeah, God's alive right here. Right here, he's alive. And that, that to me is, is the truth. That, to me, is the foundation of the Christian walk, the truth we're living. We are God. We, God's works are in us, and we can show other people God through our actions, through our work. You know, every time you're at somewhere and you see someone struggling, you think, yeah, it'd be nice if someone could help her. You know, it'd be nice if someone you know, helped her with the kids in the car. I don't think that's you thinking it would be nice. I think that's God saying, you need to act. Go and help that person. Go and, go and be God to that person. And, and sometimes that's all people need. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I, I see it. And God, um, yeah, he's alive. He's alive in me. And I'm alive because God's here, because you guys acted faithfully and did what you're supposed to do as Christians. Yeah. So in return, I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for you. And um, So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this group of people that helped me and, and prayed for me and, and interceded for me. Lord, I ask that your revelation flow upon them as well, that, that you're not dead, you're here, you're alive. Your works show all the time. I just want to honour you and praise you for keeping me alive, for keeping us here on this earth, for your ways. In, holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow.
Proverbs says a faithful man who can find. I think we just saw one. You know, we're not going to talk any further. We're just going to worship. I'm just going to say this one thing. Isaiah 43, verse 4 that, that Nathan read out. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honoured. And I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. What an amazing revelation that, that did you see God? Yeah, I saw God in every person who interacted with me in that time. Here's the challenge for us today as we worship. Sometimes God's saying, uh, I have men for you. And sometimes him saying, you're the man for this other situation. You're the woman for this other situation. So why don't we stand together this morning. We're going to worship together. And we're going to acknowledge the King of Kings. That, you know, he's like the great old song says, you know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know, Nathan once, he, he passed away legitimately. I was in his house. I saw him there when it happened. And he is alive, you know. And, you know, our God is faithful. And he wants to do a work in you and he wants to do a work through you. But the beginning of it, beginning of it all is us honouring him as the king of all kings. We say that a lot, king of kings and lord of lords. We say that because we need to be reminded that he is above all, he is in all and he is through all. So let's take this moment of worship. Let's take this time right now to acknowledge the King of Kings, that our brother who we love, who we prayed for, you know, he, he was dead, but now he's alive. You know, it seems odd to say that, but, you know, he, he gave his heartfelt thanks to you for standing for him through that time. So let's honour the King of Kings who, who hears our prayers, who answers our prayers, who is always faithful, who is always with us, and that he loves us. He loves us so deeply. He says, you were precious in my sight. You have been honoured and I have loved you. I just believe this is what the Lord wants to speak over each of you this morning. You are precious in his sight. You are precious in his sight. And he honours you this day. And he loves you.